Okay, hello and welcome, or welcome back to Below the Dot Podcast, where we recap and discuss a new episode of Degrassi, The Next Generation, every throwback Thursday from the Degrassi Black Hole. I am one of your hosts, Terry McGregor. I am your other host, Chris Sharp. And today we are recapping season two, episode 20, titled How Soon is Too Soon? But before we get into our usual segment of trivia for Terry, we want to take a moment to include a trigger warning regarding today's episode as it covers sensitive topics. Degrassi goes there, which means we absolutely will be discussing some sensitive subjects in this episode, specifically the subject of rape. We recognize that discussing sensitive topics can still serve as a trigger, so I just wanted to give you guys a warning to take care, skip this episode, or listen with care. Talk to the sources and resources that you have and need, and um. And here we are. You know, you're not. No one is perfect in these podcast spaces, but you got to cover stuff with care and own up to the things that you do wrong. So I personally, right. it's always so hard. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, I personally just set up a like, makeshift sound thing because I was talking shit about people's audio today, and I started this episode without the audio that I normally uh, enjoy. See, so <laughs> Maybe doing us bogus. But yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's hard to talk about shit like this, but you know, you got to do the best you can within your ability to do so and have the ability to take note and ownership if you say something that's hurtful. So that is my effort. In case I say something which is unintentionally hurtful, you know, I will try to do better in the future. Also, I think I usually say that we're not including any sound clips from obviously Mm -hmm. any of the incidents or flashbacks I think that she has throughout the episode. Honestly, it's been so long since I've watched this episode, so my bad. But I did watch this episode and take notes, so. That's what's important here. Yes. Yes. So now it is time, my friends, for trivia for Terry. My goodness. Yeah, I don't even know what I do anymore. We're here every week. (laughs) What's going on? All right. Where do we see or not see Heather Sinclair this episode? She is supposed to be filming the first commercial with Marco and Ellie. Yes, she is. Good. What school does Dean attend? Man, is it... Neither of them, I guess, could be a real school because I was about to say, I'm thinking to say a real school name. Is it Bardell? Mm-hmm. It wow. is. I'm proud of you. Good job. Both of my answers right this week. Yes. That's how you know. I was, re- again, going back to what we just said, really paying attention to this episode and being mindful and doing some research around what we're going to cover. So that is why. You did. you did a lot of research. I'm there we go. And that's why we are here, my friends. And we're here for a long time and a good time. <laughs> Yep, we're here for 385 of these at (laughs) least. There we go. Well, this is a segment where we normally get into Terry's tidbits. This is one that you'll remember and the listeners will remember too. But um, today's episode aired on the end directly after season two, episode seven, um, when the sexual assault occurred. Because as we know and as we've learned previously... Um, the N only really liked to air episodes covering sensitive topics with follow-up that included some sort of action, um, trying to, what I think at the time, they're trying to send the message that they thought was like cohesive. But what we know now, what I know as an adult is like viewers and like, 
healing isn't linear, right? So you could air this episode right after the assault took place. But as we know, and as we see in this episode, as we get into it, like it doesn't take Paige a minute, like a literal minute to get over it. This is literally episodes. So like weeks and maybe months later. Um, So they tried back then to really censor it in BPG. But again, I think what they could have did differently is aired it like Canada aired it because again, healing is not linear. So it's going to take time. And these things are going to come up again. Like this isn't the last time that we hear about what we're going to hear about today. Yeah. They're so annoying in my opinion. Yeah. They really tried. They tried to censor a show that was just meant to be what it is. But that's America for you. Yeah. That's absolutely <laughs> I, Yeah, I feel like I like it in its essence and in its pure form way more than I like in the filtered United States version. Absolutely. I think the appeal of the show is that they cover related relatable topics, which someone pissed me off or they were kind of annoying me on the Degrassi Reddit because they're talking about it's not realistic. And the thing is that it's not realistic to have a character date her stepbrother, also have cancer, also experience sexual assault, also get pregnant, also lose a baby. Yes, this is one character's um, storyline in like season 10, I forget. It's not realistic for that many things to happen to one person, but the things that that one person experienced are realistic to so many people. Mm -hmm. Like there are teens who experience childhood cancer. There are teens who, I guess, get with their stepbrother. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, life with Derek. Oh, you're right. You see, <laughs> but I mean, like there are things that happen. And so, yeah, a lot of stuff went on Degrassi that's not like the school itself is realistic, but the plot lines are and the questions that they, they have. Like I remember sometime in like next class, there's a storyline about a vibrator. There's also a storyline about a vibrator in Next Generation as well. But just like the concept of discussing what a vibrator is for, like, yeah, like who doesn't have that question? Because they right. definitely didn't. I don't think they covered it in my sexual health education. So but and it's it's things and subjects that are discussed among teens, but we don't get to see it in our TV shows. So I like it in its essence and in its pure form way more than I like in the censored version that the United States crap that they give us because the whole point of it is that we finally have something that was relatable to us. Right. And they end up being the blueprint for a lot of the shows that we still watch today. Like, again, they always say, oh, my God, it's living me. Maddie, like, Manny walks. Manny Maddie walks could run. Still. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. So it's the blueprint for a reason. And I don't know that we would have as many shows with informative storylines if we didn't have Degrassi all this time. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I also feel like the shows that they have about teens, like you have like your Wizards of Waverly Place, which is um, a nice, light, sensitive, I don't know, PG rated mm-hmm. show. But then you'll have a 90210 where you've got teens who are played by 30 year olds who are going to parties which are funded by who? Where are your parents? <laughs> um storylines that close after one episode or like why mad long storylines when you're got we've got a 30 year old people playing them and there's just not a lot of in the middle and i think that degrassi offered that so it it just it irritates me that they had to censor it so much but whatever we can go ahead and get started let's get into it all right so in our opening scene Paige is in counseling and she has written a letter about what she would say to dean if she had the opportunity 
We hear that she still has some anxieties about the event, but she understands that she is not responsible for what happened. She has stopped blaming herself, and as a result, she thinks she doesn't need counseling anymore. She asks Miss Sove to pencil her in. JT is pretending to be a mime in a box to get Paige's attention. I, side note, I hate their friendship. I hate it. Oh, no. I have the complete opposite take. (laughs) I, I truly, I know. I don't know. I mean... Honestly, I think you guys know that I don't like JT, actually. Yeah. Um, I think it's a pretty superficial reason. I have never liked JT because I don't like the shape of his teeth. <gasps> I didn't know that. I don't think that's you ever it. disclosed that. I that that's, that's, I think that's what it is. I think he's annoying class count, clown character, and I don't like the shape of his teeth. That is, so, you know. Jamie Lou Curtis's son, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And I, I don't think I like the shape of his teeth as an adult either. That's funny. I don't think he ended up... Um... Lord forgive me, but I don't think he ended up aging very well either. So it doesn't. No, it doesn't help. That's why he didn't get to be in the "I'm upset" video. I mean, I don't think that's actually why. I think what it was was that he got the text and he thought it was spam. Oh my! Could you imagine? That was a joke. Could you? That's terrible. Missing a freaking Drake. Okay, last side note though. Missing a Drake video, I would cry. But you know what I noticed too is I watched a clip of it recently and I saw how like Nina. Dubrev, Dubrev, whatever. Dubrev. Yeah, I realized how up all on Drake she was. And I was like, were they even in this? Like, I guess they no. existed, but they didn't Maybe talk, they right? Yeah. Okay, let me let me go look. Hang on. I was like, Nina. my good sis is getting her clout because she was all on him in that video, dancing side by side with him. Right. Let's see when she came on to Degrassi because didn't he leave it like season seven? I think so. I think that's the last time we saw him. Not my laptop. Okay. She laptop. showed up season six. So she was right there, but did they ever talk? Probably not. Barely. Absolutely. Probably not. Girl, she was up in them bleachers with Drake. Speaking of unrealistic high schooler shows, The Vampire Diaries. I'm just saying. (laughs) And yep, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) Good time. All right. So JT pretending to be a mime, blah, blah, blah. She plays along and she, she got him out. Funny fact, so I actually kind of went a little rogue from my notes, but I do want to let you guys know that I wrote in my notes, I hate their friendship. So my favorite was like, you guys know that I did this like a couple of weeks ago. So my favorite thing is my consistency. Yeah, we love it. We love it. I feel feel today what I felt when I watched this episode. All right. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything about his teeth in these notes, though. So that's new. There you go, though. It's on brand. All right. So JT is the mascot for the Spirit Squad. So I guess that's how they ended up bonding. Paige walks away to compliment Spinner's ugly ass hair. Right. I guess maybe he washed it. I don't know. He got he added like blonde spikes to the tips. Meanwhile, Degrassi, Marco, and Ellie are working together on a project for Mr. Simpson's class. They are advertising a perfume, and now they're going to film the video together. They're connecting when Craig makes it awkward by calling to attention their romantic relationship. Ellie seems to be fine playing along with it at this point, which is important to note because um, maybe that's not necessarily the case later on. But it, which does come up because Ashley then finds Ellie after school and she witnesses like Marco bringing Ellie some lunch. She's like, oh, my mom made this pasta. But when he leaves the way we wish all men would do. <laughs> Ashley is like, oh, you guys are so perfect. But Ellie still looks disappointed. So, like, we can see by looking at her face that, like, yeah, he's great. He's an amazing friend. But it's he, she's not getting what she wants out of the relationship. 
which I'm going to ask. This is going a little rogue. I was reading um, an article. I'm basic, and sometimes I just read the articles I have on Snapchat. I mean, who, first of all, who still goes on Snapchat? Me. Just so <laughs> Me kind too. of read some of the articles. I always watch this one little ease rundown by Aaron Lim on there as well. Side, so just in case you guys are wondering what I do on Snapchat. And I'll read these ca- cafe mom stories because I, I sometimes I just like reading about people's problems, which is really on brand considering I'm a counselor. <laughs> um, and in this one, the person was talking about how they were married to a gay man. And so I guess I'll ask you, would you ever, mm. and like, I, not like I'm married to a gay man. My partner was you know, was not, did not tell me they were gay until after we got married. They knew they were marrying a gay man. They consciously made the choice to marry a gay man. And I think they even had children. So now we're talking about Marco and Ellie and this cafe mom story. Would you ever marry a gay man? I don't know. You know, what's interesting is I hear, I feel like people say it all the time and I do have a lot of, um, male gay best friends and I hear a lot of people say I don't know if it's been anybody in my circle but people will be like I'm gonna marry like my gay best friend if I'm 35 and no one else will marry me like I think people really have a mindset of doing stuff like that I don't know if that's why the woman did that but I wouldn't only because I don't think that you would really want to be in a marriage with me like I just wouldn't be able to buy that you would be happy for the rest of your life with just me. Right. Like I see the perk of if you both want children. Yes. But I I mean, I think we all know kind of our slander against his head men. So I get it. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. It makes but, sense. <laughs> but my thing is that if I'm going to marry someone with the purpose of like a functional partnership, which sounds weird. I don't know. It's like, yeah, my partner's cool and everything, but he is a straight male. And so... I guess if it came down to it and I didn't have him, I think I would marry a woman. Right. Like if that, if that were what I was looking for were to be a bond with another person who I could just happily spend the rest of my life with as like my partner, my like platonic partner, I think I would marry a woman. Yeah. I don't think it would be. a. I do see. I mean, obviously, if I were to marry my best friend who was a woman you know, we'd still have to, I guess, obtain, I don't know, donor sperm or whatever if we wanted right. to have kids. That's the difference. It's right. So maybe versus marrying your gay best friend. Yeah. But I mean, like a gay man is still a man. It is. That's my mindset. And I think the reason also is I don't want kids. So I couldn't like I wouldn't need to put myself in that position to be like, oh, I'll just marry this person and have kids with them. So maybe that's why I'm like, mm. <laughs> I would if if I were to marry someone for a platonic partnership, I would marry a woman. Yeah, that's I I've said many times I want my commune, so <laughs> I don't think I'd marry a gay man. No shade, but um, right. I think at this at this point in time, I think Ellie would, but she's kind of questioning that decision for herself. Just dating with him is not giving what it wants. She wants it to give. Yeah, and it's really not helping that everyone is looking at them, calling them perfect. Because in the back of their, in the back of her head, she's still well. She's confused. We find out, but again, they know that they're not doing this for real, for real. So it's just adding more fuel to the fire. Yeah, and I think also, you know, in that one article I read, you know, she knew she was marrying a man 
who wasn't romantically attracted to her and that it's not going. And if I think if you can kind of accept that mm-hmm. and have reality, I think it makes it easier probably, you, you know, but Ellie still, I think believes that she has the ability to change it. Right. So that's causing some rifts. Meanwhile, Spirit Squad is practicing when Spinner arrives to tell the team that Degrassi is playing Bardell in whatever sport they're playing this episode. Paige has a flashback and she runs back to the counselor's office. She's inspired to ask about pressing charges against Dean. Miss Sauvet tells Paige that the process from a realistic perspective, like the process from a realistic perspective, it's really difficult for Paige and other people on generally speaking to hear but Miss Sauvé gives like an incredibly bleak yet realistic perspective about her prospects. They're not good. Paige decides against it. JT continues to try to make Paige laugh with that stupid mime routine and Paige walks away. She's no longer in the mood for his shit and I never was in the first place. <laughs> Paige tells JT she doesn't want to cheer tomorrow and he gives her some stupid advice about giving that rah-rah attitude and... Okay. <laughs> Later that day, Ellie and Marco are filming their ad, but it's difficult for Marco because Heather isn't present to serve as the marker. Ellie stands in, and once Marco films his line, she kisses him. Marco appears stunned, and things get really awkward. Ellie goes decides to go in a different direction, a minimalist direction with their advertisement, and Marco goes along with it. He's acting it out later, but he can't take it seriously despite seven takes because he thinks that the writing is selling tampons and not perfume. <laughs> Marco and Ellie end up arguing over the project, and when Ellie lets the word flaming slip, we are led to believe that Ellie is upset about Marco not being who she wants him to be. That is so wild to me. When she caught herself, I was like, not that you were literally about to throw this slur at your quote-unquote best friend. Girl! Like, what? And then she's like, can't or won't. And it's like, whoa, Ellie, I think we're getting real borderline problematic. You're like, girl, he... He can't. He cannot be right. who you want him to be. And it's, again, you literally have these people getting in your head, which is not necessarily her fault because they really were playing this game or whatever, and they probably didn't put any ground rules to it. Um, because at first I was like, I commend her for being friends with him. But after this, it was just like, girl, if you couldn't do it, you couldn't do it. <laughs> like, you can still be his friend and support him without, like, trying to date him to, like, put on this show for people. Because, like, you're literally just going to blur the lines in your head, which she does here. And then also try to attack him, which is crazy. And also the reason why he's not comfortable coming out to any of his friends yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Love Ellie. And then in that moment, I was like, girl, what happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah, not sure. Anyway, Paige awakes the next morning before her alarm goes off. She's visibly stressed. And in the next scene, the bus arrives from Bardell and we see Paige, who says she'll be staying far away from Dean. A flashback distracts Paige from answering Manny's question. He's, And he has the audacity. Like, Dean has got some, like, nerve. He approaches Paige and he follows her once she says to leave her alone. She's like, leave me alone. And he then blames her for what happened, piece of shit. And he's just, he's so gross. And it's just so infuriating to even, for me to even write about it. Because he's such a piece of shit. Like, and it pissed me off. Because you just think about how sexual assault and rape cases go for the survivors of them and it's like yeah people are horrible like fucking dean and they know what they did was wrong but because of the nature of the crime and our shitty ass criminal justice system injustice system whatever you want to call it like people like dean 
are so often allowed to continue being criminals undetected. Mm-hmm. And it's just like writing about it made me so pissed. Yeah, this is wild to me because he literally was victim blaming like to her face and tried to drag Hazel into it, which is crazy. But also my question was, well, also you could tell in Paige's face that she started to question the work that she had done. Cause like you said, like she stopped blaming herself. And then in this moment where he's trying to get in her head, clearly it's fucking wrong. And who we went know up, that. who went up with me. Right. right. Clearly who wrong. Was she there to- and it's like, damn, she could have been there to see you, but that's not what she wanted. And she, cause she literally said no, like it does not matter what she did. She said no. And that's when it should have stopped and it didn't. So that's the issue. And and he knew, he knew, like, because, spoiler alert, I want to say in season four, the, I think the episode is honestly called Ghosts in the Machine. I'm sorry, guys, for being like this. Um, the season premiere, he acts, I think he says something to her. He's like, yeah, I did. I knew what I did. And what are you going to do about right. it? And so it's just like, ugh, he's such a, just a horrible fucking human. I want to say I read a thread on, on Degrassi Reddit, and they were like, they may someone may have asked a question because you know like they love to give characters redemption arcs Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking 13 reasons why you should never watch that show Mm -hmm. and how they had that character who they tried to give him a redemption arc and make him sympathetic for it and like here's the deal people are people so they have they are robust and they have larger stories but i don't need to humanize dean so like somebody asked her like if he had been around like what do you think and it was like we don't need to have this conversation it's been done everyone hated it we don't need to humanize people who do such heinous crimes like this. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can. You can spend your time doing that, but not I. Because that's the problem. And that's why this like justice system and things don't serve people that are affected by this correctly. Because y'all really try to humanize somebody that did something terrible. Like, oh, he's an, a top-notch swimmer at right. the school. And if he went to prison, it would really hurt him. So it's like, fuck you. Literally. We're not going to humanize Dean just like a little old boy off that one damn show. I forget what his name was. I know you know. I think it was, it starts with a B too. I think it was Bryce. I was going to say Brad. Was Oh, it was Bryce. Yeah. Either way. Um, right. I said B too, like Dean starts with Bryce, but it just sounds like a name of somebody that plays Girl, that why character. Did I not, why did I not catch that either? I was like, yeah, this is also B. Yes. <laughs> Bardell. <laughs> Yes. Bardell, maybe that was why. I um I had the question after this though, is just like if they knew that this happened at school, or like if this happened to Paige, could they have done anything to where he doesn't come to the school? But maybe because they hadn't pressed charges yet or anything, they really couldn't do anything about it. I don't know. I mean, even when you do press charges, I've read enough articles about incidents that have happened in the district which I work in about basically sexual assault incidents happening in the bathroom and like after the fact parents reporting the school and saying they didn't do shit to help me and these are for students who attend the same school wow so i am not optimistic that especially in the absence of a charge and in the absence of like i don't know any justice for women i'm not optimistic they would have done shit yeah, that's true. They would have just told her to stay her ass at home. We always blame the victims, which is why I really like the initiatives to make sure that trans and non-binary people are included in whichever bathroom they feel comfortable to use. It is basically, um, we're it's essentially told that if anyone has a problem using the bathroom with a trans person, that person can go use a separate bathroom. Mm. 
So it's not that we're gonna not, we're not telling trans non-binary people to go use a separate bathroom. We're telling you if you don't want to do it, then you can go you can go somewhere else. And right. I like that. I, yeah, I agree okay. with that too. No one probably follows it because everyone's stupid and no one actually follows the trainings. But that's what we're pushing for. Yeah, and I like that approach way better. Same. All right, where are we at? So. Um, oh, it's a basketball game, by the way. I hate how many times this man comes to talk to Paige. So Spinner is salty about what happened between Paige and Dean. So he accuses her of still being hung up on Dean. And I have a question. Do you think it was right for Hazel to tell Spinner the truth about what happened? No. I didn't think that was her truth to tell. Yeah. Like, I get why she made the mistake. They're all in high school. So, of course, like, whatever. But I don't think that was her truth to tell. Yeah, that's what I wrote that note, too. I was like, I hate that she even had to have this conversation with Spinner, like tell him to fuck off because Paige already clearly seemed frustrated because, again, we're going back to episode seven. Frustrated when he tried to approach her about Dean, telling him it wasn't like that. So why does it take for Hazel to actually tell you that something terrible happened when you probably could have caught the vibe before? Like, it wasn't a normal, right. I lied to you, I got caught. Like, she was visibly upset. Um, right. And I kind of, I talk about that in somewhere in my little, um, in like my moral, whatever, of the story. Kind of this whole moment of she has to explain it to right. him. She shouldn't have had to. No. You should be supportive because she visibly was upset with whatever happened and you didn't need to know what happened to support her. Right. But I think that we often get caught in like this idea that if I just justify it, you'll understand. Mm -hmm. And like the people who will understand will understand. And the people who won't, won't. Yeah. Those who get the girls who get it, get it. And the girls who don't, don't. (laughs) Precisely that. Like fuck off because it did not happen to you and I don't need to express it to you. Yeah. All right. So anyway, Spinner, as to be expected, doesn't believe that Paige said no to Dean, which now Paige is upset that Spinner didn't believe Hazel and she's like I'm just going home but on her way going home she sees Dean flirted with Manny she approaches Manny later to warn him her against him I know you guys had a date and I know he never called you back and I know you're jealous get over it so my conclusion here as I talk about in my moral is that we just need to believe women because like there would have been no harm in people believing Paige and just staying away from Dean but mm-hmm. we decided not to anyway. But Paige storms out and JT finds her. Paige tells JT that J- Dean raped her. She actually says the words. And finally, someone believes her. So I did hate them earlier, but I really love that JT believed her with no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was really important to Paige's healing and all this whole process to finally have someone. I mean, we know Hazel believed her. In fact, Hazel's the one who told her. She's like, girl, mm, no. But... Mm-hmm. JT believed her no questions asked, and that was really important. So he runs back into the basketball game, and he tries to fight Dean, and he calls him out as a rapist, which results in Dean lifting his fist to punch JT. Finally, now Spinner believes what Hazel said from earlier, which it's ridiculous that it had to result in this, like, whatever. So he goes to touch Paige, and she snaps at him. And this time he realizes that his actions triggered her and that he needs to be more considerate. (sighs) Spinner then threatens Dean only for Paige to stop him. And Paige tells Dean that she's going to press charges and she hopes and he, oh, and he hops on his bus angry. Bye bitch. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I made the note too, that like maybe JT's reaction was, it could be seen as immature for sure. But I think ultimately, um, 
he was like the first one to try to retaliate against Dean for making her so uncomfortable um, because people were just hearing like Hazel was just hearing her out. She didn't even necessarily tell her counselor why she was upset or why she suddenly had the idea to press charges. So I think JT in this moment definitely helps her. And again, Spinner being a man, seeing another man hit somebody, it suddenly makes sense that he needs to do something about it. So his, his dumb ass, but yeah, I think it was really important, especially because he also called it out by name. Because I think a lot of people True. love tiptoeing of over what people are. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to call people what they are by their actions, I guess. It's people just tiptoe. You know, we don't want to call a racist a racist. We don't want to call a rapist a rapist. Um, and it's really irritating. So I think him actually just saying it was important to the episode because that's what he did. Right. He literally called it to his face. Yeah, and that's what he needed. Piece of shit. Meanwhile, Marco and Ellie try to talk about the nature of their relationship. Ellie asks him if he ever considered how hard it would be for her, and it's clear that he hadn't. Either way, Marco discloses to Ellie that he's gay, and they will always be just friends. She nods as if she accepts it. In the closing scene, Paige is with Miss Sauve, and she tells her that she's pressing charges. She also decides to continue with therapy. Paige finds Spinner waiting with lunch for the both of them. Paige invites him to go to the school dance together. And hooray. (laughs) That was that. Any other questions? Comments? Um, Tidbits? The only other thing is... um, I literally wrote so many notes today and I gotten lost in what i've actually said and what i didn't so excuse me group projects are the worst yes okay i didn't know if i ever told you i feel like we were friends at this time so i might have complained to you like in real time when i had an advertising advertising project similar to marco and ellie's in college i might have been like a sophomore or junior and i had probably the most dramatic group like we literally all had like a blowout and ended up in my professor's office because we were like cussing each other out via the group chat oh that's great um and it was a mix of people too it was like an older man that i got into it with and like two girls one of the girls like didn't do any work anyway so it didn't matter but this man and i were going at it and he had to be like no shame go to school when you want to go to school that's not my point but he was like 45 arguing with me and I was like 20 something um and we had a big blowout in my professor's office but ultimately we had an advertising project where we had to create a new gadget or something and like present it to the class and we ended up creating like a microwave that senses the amount of time that your food needs to be cooked and we won like the class project at the end after all that and we got like extra 15 points to our grade or some shit like that so it was worth it but what was do you remember the name of the 40 year old no i can't remember for the life of me but ooh, child we was beefing because you know i'm a hold a grudge and i will never forgive my professor from grad school her name was amber <laughs> she was a bitch and she had it out for me um but yeah just in case you guys are wondering there's a bitch named amber out there who had it out for me and there's a 40 year old man well he's probably what 50 now he has to be like 50 something now 
who was really I'm arguing still with me in the group chat. people. Yeah, absolutely. So group projects are the worst. Um, what were y'all arguing over? Girl, I don't even know. I don't know if it was the idea or what, but it got motherfucking heated. And he definitely like tried to be disrespectful. And I think that's what my issue was. And that's why I blew up on him in front of my professor. Because it was just like, don't be disrespecting me with your old ass. Are you crazy? <laughs> like, Why are you talking to me like that? <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you I, I lived in, I don't know, it's a community home. I don't know what you call it. It was a it was a giant house with like six bedrooms and we all rented our bedroom. Um and there was an old ass man in that house and that man used to hate us. And he used to go he would be, I I recall specifically he got in an argument with one of my roommates cuz like all of us were like early 20s just graduated right. renting a room for like $100. Um and yeah, I'll never forget that old ass man had to been in his forties fighting with us. Crazy. So, I mean, I guess the conclusion is that forty year old men around college students is not a good combination. It's not, and it just shows that like they're probably single. They're like, I'm sure that man was single. Yes. All right. So where are we? Oh, so for my moral, I said that I didn't think this was really their intended takeaway. But, like, for the sake of watching this through an adult lens, just believe people in the absence of an explanation. Like, I don't know. It. I don't think there would have been any harm in believing Paige's story or just believing Paige's apprehensiveness about Dean. Like, there are plenty more fish in the sea. It's not like he goes to the same school as them. We're not talking about, like, leading an initiative to hate this man. Right. But... People were being warned about him, Manny, and nobody wanted to believe Paige. And what would have been the harm in believing him? Yeah. I mean, re- like realistically, Manny was what, 14? So what, did you think that that if you didn't believe Paige, this was going to be the love of your life who you're going to end up marrying in 10 years? Like, let's just be realistic here. It would have caused you no harm to believe Paige. Right. Just like, and it's a callback to her, ep- the episode where everything goes down, that woman that talks to her at the party, right? So they definitely try mm-hmm. to give you the same thing where Paige is like, oh shit. But that's also why Paige, and just like the woman was probably trying to do too, that's why I'm trying to tell you because I've already experienced this shit to some capacity and I'm trying to help you. Right. And honestly, no man is worth it. No. They're not. Find another one. It's yeah. all right. Nine times out of ten, you can't believe anything a man says anyway. So in this situation, I would right. listen to Paige. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, you have a moral you want to share? Yes. Uh, my moral was heal and process on your own time, not anyone else's. So as we see Paige start to do and then kind of dial back, um, I think she definitely, she's going to take more time and she's going to act on things that had happened. So that's great. Um, but also to make decisions at your own pace and not according to anyone else's timeline. So again, Paige probably didn't want to press charges before, but now here she is in this space where she wants to and she should be able to and she should follow that. And then for, right. you know, um, but then for like Marco and Ellie too, is just like, Marco really doesn't have like didn't have to come out to Ellie and be like, yes, I am gay because that's not your timeline to push. Like we already were in this space with Marco where he didn't feel comfortable. He feels comfortable around you. Now you're the one that's pushing him to do it. When realistically he should, they shouldn't have been dating. And that's the issue where they were both wrong. But I don't, again, I don't think he had to necessarily come out and say that to Ellie because it's on his own time. 
and that's what we were fighting for when she said that she was going to cover for him in the first place but mm-hmm. yeah it's just your own timeline always no matter what like it does not matter what people are saying yeah and i think it would have been fair for ellie to say that you know she could no longer be a part of his timeline mm-hmm. but she needs to take care of herself i mean Truthfully. for all we know she wanted to hook up with dean herself so yeah. in order to get a chance at that she got to break up with marco she can't be with Marco, right? And that's the thing is, I think she started to realize that, in like in front of all these people, it's gonna take a toll on me personally, and you should be able to back out of that. That's fine, but your own timeline, just like you were done at this point, you can't expect Marco to maybe want to pursue you randomly or suddenly. Yeah. and just because you're done doesn't mean that he has to be done hiding, right? And he-, he has that. Like we can respect that. Absolutely. Especially when we know what it looks like around the time when he does finally express a little bit more openly and honestly how he feels and how everyone responds. And not actually everyone, just Spinner. Yeah. It's really just him. Because it's like, in general, they were all teasing. They would all tease Marco. But Spinner always took it too far. Always. He doesn't have a censor. Or anything that tells him to stop before it's too much. Which Jimmy actually says to him. He says, you're good for one joke a year. And then you just (laughs) tell it over and over and over again. And he's not wrong. Not at all. All right. Any more questions, comments, or concerns? No. That is all I have. That wraps this week's episode of Below the Dot Podcast. If you enjoyed your listen, please tell a friend to tell a friend. To hold you over between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under some derivative of the username Below the Dot. Feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, or concerns on either of our social media accounts or email us at whateverittakes385 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back on your airways, whatever it takes, this time next week. I'm talking about the bass song. Uh,